0: This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and well, anything related to research learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Oli Tikkanen. Yeah, so, sounds really good. So with only 120 devices, you have been able to measure 2000 participants per year. Yeah, so, yep. sounds really good. And how, how has been the data analysis? It's quite a, quite a bit of data. How, how have you done it?
1: Yeah, that's much more work, I would say, than than the part of collecting data. The data collection is is relatively easy, but then it needs uh, to deal with uh, with all the data. Um, so when the device comes back, we immediately download the data because then the device has to be reused and reinstalled for the next participants. So that's done immediately at the research center. And at the time we started, we wanted to uh, analyze uh, the first uh, batch of uh, data of the first three thousand uh, participants. Yeah, we were we had a hard time uh, how to how to deal with it um, because at the time um, the softwares that were available couldn't distinguish yet between um, uh, in bedtime and uh, wake time, uh, and we of course we had this twenty four hour wear and. If you want to look at sedentary behavior, which I was interested in, you need to uh, look at it during wake time. So um, that was a challenge and we didn't ask people to uh, fill in the diary. So we didn't have their bedtimes. Um, so because there was n- nothing really there yet, we uh, developed our own algorithm. And of course, this process really took some time. We managed and we have this now an automatic algorithm to distinguish um, uh, in bedtime from wake time. And that's what we, we use. So that took the most time. And um, this is actually still the algorithm uh, we are still using up to now um, because it works. And we, val- we validated this in a smaller sample. So we asked about 200 people to fill in a diary uh, in order to be able yeah, to validate our algorithm. And uh, the, that was that looked very good. So um, yeah, we 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 still we still use it up to now.
0: And what kind of things this algorithm is looking? Is it looking the like kind of because when you sit down, if the device is on the top of the thigh, it's. But if you sleep on your side, it's it's a new new kind of angle. You cannot sit down in in that way that you're high would be is it, is it looking this kind of things or what what kind of things it's it's looking
1: yeah so we didn't uh, indeed that would be one thing eh? because if you look at the raw uh, the raw data you can really see when people indeed turn in bed and uh, t- turn their leg but we haven't we haven't used it in that way I think um, that would be another option indeed but what we did that l- we looked at continu long continuous bouts of Uh, sedentary time or sitting time and that's the problem right because you cannot distinguish sitting from lying to begin with but if you uh, think about the very long uh, bouts where you um, uh, allow a few interruptions eh? if someone gets out of bed maybe to to go to the bathroom you should allow some interruptions Uh, so we really worked on on an algorithm based on uh, the the long uh, sedentary bouts and then came up then we based on this we were able to uh uh have a, a bedtime in the evening and a wake up time and that's what we used and of course eh, we have now in bedtime but the next step would be to also have sleep uh because we we realize it's it's not the same um and of and I think there we are doing work now also with uh, uh collaborators uh, to to come up with better uh, ways of distinguishing also sleep not only in bedtime but then also have sleep and maybe some uh, sleep parameters even and i think uh, that in the near future that will be um, that will be possible
0: yeah i've been i've been also thinking that from the kind of tilting of the device you could be actually measuring like the sleeping position and there's some some kind of relevance of how how do you sleep for example the how the stomach is is turning it, it depends like do you sleep on your left or right side so it has some some indications or some importance so that could be interesting to look look for
1: yeah yeah and i think we are still um, at least uh, in our group, we are looking at the still the, the, the relatively simple measures of physical behavior. We look at um, the amount of time in a certain uh, behavior, the amount of sitting time, the amount of in-bed time. Um, but there's much more we can do. Of course, we look at interruptions of uh, the, the so-called sedentary breaks, of the long sedentary bouts. But I'm sure we can do better and look into much more detail like the things you're referring to uh, now. Yeah.
0: Yeah and and you said that you have your own, own algorithm can other researchers use it is it is it, do you consider it as open access or how is it
1: Yeah it's open access it's placed on our website of the Maastricht study um so definitely it is there it's a matlab program there's some there are some instructions published with it um and everyone um can use it yes
0: Okay yeah that's that's important for for our our listeners, so let me see. So we were able to do the measurements with very few devices. Then the data analysis was a little bit more difficult, especially distinguishing the in bed time and awake time. How how was the other parts of the data analysis?
1: Um, yeah, once we had um, uh, we ha- we had our algorithm um, and have have had all the variables defined um then it was easier um and uh we could run the analysis like any other uh, statistical analysis um the more complicated things uh, we are well this is for the more basic things like right looking at uh, sitting time and uh maybe some of the pattern variables in sitting time um that was relatively easy once we have we had developed our algorithm and uh, had all the variables ready and i think Some of the things we're doing now is um, uh, looking at, for example, pattern analysis. Um, So, uh, for example, looking at the uh, pattern over the day, uh, looking at trajectories uh, using group-based trajectory modeling. And I'm working with uh, actually some colleagues in Finland and also a statistician at Maastricht University uh, to look at this because this is something that is very interesting to know if, if the pattern matters. doesn't matter whether you have your activity or sitting time, mostly in the, in the morning or if you spread it over the day. There's relatively little we know about this. And I think this is one of the things we could do with our data because the data is so rich. Um, so this is one of the things I'm looking forward uh, to learn more about. We also look a little bit at the patterns over the week, for example, an easy way Uh, to say something about the pattern is how you distribute your moderate to vigorous physical activity over the week. For example, thinking about weekend warriors versus those who spread their activity more evenly. uh, That that is another way of of looking at patterns. Um, And um, we're also having a project ongoing where we use compositional data analysis, which is, of course, also a little bit more complicated but then also considering the full spectrum of physical behavior um, that you have this 24 hours uh, that is important to um, yeah to, to take care of let's say so these are some of the analysis um, yeah that are currently ongoing with a more complicated data analysis
0: yeah i i think the pattern analysis is it's interesting you could think that if you start being sedentary right after your sleep that you don't do any activity in the morning that it could be worse you could you could kind of think do you have any data yet Uh, is there any indications that how how would this go
1: no yeah I I, we started to look at this um, with a student last summer um, and there was a little bit of indication that having a a peak later in the day was more beneficial for your health. And we looked at some of the cardiometabolic health outcomes, but this is the project that we're now uh, continuing uh, with the statistician to do this really in a profound way and uh, to get better insight. So I'm not uh, um, yeah, completely sure yet uh, about this. And another thing we are looking at now also in relation to depressive symptoms. So a bit of a different topic um, looking comparing people with and without depression and see how their pattern over the day is different and there we for example, see that those who are depressed they start their day, their pattern looks rather similar, but it looks like they start their day more slowly, uh, maybe they wake up later uh, they start their activity later, and their peak is also uh, it's less of a peak than in the non depressed so these are some of the preliminary um uh yeah findings that I can share at the moment. But um yeah we have some projects ongoing on, on this topic.
0: Yeah, yeah, very interesting. And you mentioned like weekend warriors and and other things. And I, I've been also thinking this that I think there's studies showing that if you do a heart strength training bout your metabolism is higher still 24 to 48 hours after that. So you could think that when it's still your body is still kind of recovering maybe the sedentary behavior is is not that bad not as bad but it's yeah very interesting to see how your results will will look
1: yeah regarding the weekend warriors it's a bit to my surprise because i would i could also imagine that actually spreading your activity may be more beneficial for example for your glucose metabolism um, but looking at this in relation to diabetes, we really didn't see any difference between the regularly actives, so who spread their activity over the week versus the weekend warriors. So they're equally, um, it, didn't, it doesn't seem to matter much. And we have a recently published paper of uh, one of my PhD students, Evelyn van der Capelle, and she looked at um, measures of um, vascular stiffness, arterial stiffness, and also in her analysis, in her paper, she shows there really is no difference between the uh, regularly actives and weekend warriors. So, of course, compared to the inactive, each group uh, is, is beneficial, let's say. So no difference how you spread your activity uh, up to now in our, in our study.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Fibian. Fibian is an accurate sitting and physical activity tracking device and analysis platform. It is a great tool for projects that aim for behaviour change in sedentary behaviour and incidental physical activity. Fibian provides easy-to-understand PDF and web browser reports for participants. Other features include comparisons to recommendations, linking results to health risks, achievement cards and interactive goal-setting tool. In addition, Fibian provides an API that allows for easy integration to other systems and applications. Learn more about Fibian at Fibon.com slash research. Fibian From researchers to researchers. And maybe to clarify to our listeners, maybe not everyone is familiar with the weekend warrior, so meaning that you do most of your exercise, maybe really long bouts of exercise in the weekend and then in the weekdays when you have probably less time you don't exercise as much or at all. Yeah, so very, very interesting interesting findings. And I I think the that you look at the depressive symptoms, it's also a very interesting aspect. Is there anything else than that they seem to start the day more slowly? Have you already looked at the brain MRIs and other things that you have quite a lot of data?
1: Yeah, we have more data than we can analyze. <laughs> so um, we have one other project ongoing, just starting the analysis using the brain MRI data. I think indeed it's very exciting to also uh, look at those data and see um, if there's an association at all with, for example, sedentary behavior and some of the, b- the brain MRI measures. Um, but I don't have any results yet. And indeed we have so many things measured and looking at the sedentary behavior research, Still, most of it is focused on uh, metabolic, cardiometabolic and outcomes. And um, I think there's still a lot we can learn regarding other, other types of outcomes like depression, but also cognition. Um, indeed, you mentioned the brain MRI. Um, so it's uh, still quite some work uh, we can do.
0: Mm. Yeah, so maybe, maybe here it's good, good to ask, like you have probably more data than you can analyze. Are you looking for some collaborations is there are you sharing data with someone if somebody is interested for example looking with the brain MRI so how how, what do you look for some collaborators
1: well we're always open for collaborations and we have many national and international collaborations ongoing Uh, so with uh, groups all over the world uh, from Australia uh, to Finland uh, to the U.S. Um so in that sense uh, if people are interested uh yeah they make, uh, feel free to to contact me um about that yeah happy to um to help where possible
0: and i, I think i saw in your linkedin profile or as a linkedin post that you have a open postdoc position did i see it right and would you like to advertise it a bit
1: yeah yeah thank you yeah we have we have actually two phd positions open at the moment and a postdoc position so A recently funded project it's a slightly different topic than what we're talking about now but it's about socioeconomic differences in diabetes socioeconomic inequalities in diabetes and trying to understand um, the role of the environment so the obesogenic environment uh, the role of lifestyle and the role of stress how this could be uh, explained Um, so this is uh, and using data from the Maastricht study And also environmental data from a large uh, national infrastructure of uh, environmental data combining the two. So, um, yes, these are three positions that are uh, open at the moment. And I think if I remember correctly, they're open until July 2nd.
0: So three open postdoc positions and apply before July second and two phd
1: positions and one postdoc
0: okay yeah Yeah. and uh, if you still tell what kind of people you are looking for i think there's probably many listeners who might be interested in the positions
1: yeah really for the phd positions i think a background in epidemiology or even in sociology or psychology uh it could be and of course an interest in this topic um but we don't have um a very strict profile, um, you can drop me an email or uh, search for the vacancies. Um, I'm happy to share them with you. I also posted them on, on Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, but uh, yeah, there's not one particular background.
0: Yeah, so, sounds very good. And and how is, you have a really nice project. What are your future plans with, with this project? And do you have plans for any, any other projects?
1: Yeah, so one of the other uh, A very interesting project for me also is uh, our trial. Um, So uh, from all the observational research uh, that we did ourselves, but also of course uh, others in the literature, um, we see that sitting time is associated with diabetes and it seems that small changes in sitting time and uh, physical activity in daily life, could potentially have big health effects. So we designed um, a, a trial, um, the Light Intensity Physical Actri- Activity Trial in Diabetes, um, with this idea in mind. So we know that uh, sh- uh, sh- short-term time, short exercise programs, of course, have been very successful in all different populations, also in people with type 2 diabetes, to improve health. Uh, on the other hand, what you also see, as soon as such an exercise program stops uh, that people tend to fall back in their old routines uh, while they were maybe going to the gym two, three times a week or uh, have their walking groups. Um, once the study is over, most people uh, do fall back in their usually more sedentary behavior. So with this idea in mind with and uh, considering the evidence, we thought we should we could design a trial that's more focused on daily activity and from the perspective, of the perspective of sitting less, so a more feasible approach to many, and especially thinking about the study population of type 2 diabetes patients. They're very sedentary, mostly lifelong sedentary, so having them going to the gym may work, but they may not like it very much. In fact, we know from our colleagues who do these type of studies that it's very difficult uh, to motivate people to, to do a true exercise program. So an exercise program is not necessarily the thing this group wants to do. And of course, this is also a group that's vulnerable. Often they have diabetes, but also other conditions. So we designed a trial um, to uh, with a focus on improving daily activity uh, to sit less and understand what are the long-term Health effects. So we have a six-month randomized controlled trial, and in the intervention group, um, people get a Fitbit, uh, and we designed our own uh, app, Lipad app. Um, with this, we, uh, of course, first of all, we give people insight in their own behavior. Um, we use their own baseline uh, stepping uh, number of steps um, to define a personalized goal. So what you see what doesn't work is when you tell someone who is maybe very sedentary, from now on, you have to every day reach 10,000 steps. We thought we need to make it a more personalized goal that's also feasible, more feasible. So we have their own baseline. And based on their own baseline number of steps, we uh, make a personalized goal. With the Fitbit and, the, and our app, um, we increase this goal every month. Uh, and at the end, we want people to be at least 30 minutes more active. We give them feedback so people have access to their data, but we as researchers have to have that too uh, with the app. Um, and uh, we give them reminders to stand up. Uh, we have encouraging messages. And we have these, for example, in the app virtual prizes um, when people reach their goals, etc. cetera. Furthermore, the, the intervention group gets also some telephone coaching where we look back with them to um, their activity uh, over the week, over the month. And we have workshops focused on physical activity, healthy lifestyle, and and focused also on on sitting. So yeah, this is the intervention that's at the moment ongoing. Um, uh, I hope we will have the first results next year. We now completed our inclusion uh so we have uh, 130 people in the in the study and half of them then the intervention half of them in the control group and um yeah hopefully um, next year the first results but uh I'm very excited uh, I'm looking forward uh, to that
0: Yeah, so- sounds like good light light intensity probably people are better keeping it up after the after the study study ends. How, how do you see, I'm, I'm I'm thinking this, I had this episode with Andreas Holzerman and they had been doing studies, for example, with cleaners and those cleaners might have 15 to 20,000 steps per day on consistent basis and still have actually bad fitness and bad health. How, how do you see, I think with them, it was that basically all the steps are too low intensity that the heart rate doesn't go up at all how, how do you see the relations between this occupational physical activity and for example this that you are doing now
1: yeah that's that's an important question and indeed we did also some research in, in the master study on this topic but i think what is important to know that for this trial we we include people who are not exercising so who who have a sedentary lifestyle and uh, to be honest, most of the type 2 diabetes patients do have this lifestyle, but we also exclude people who have a very uh, active job uh, because, indeed, I agree with you, this would require probably a different type of intervention and these people people may benefit from other types of um, activity. So all in all, our group is um, yeah really sedentary to begin with and we measure... We measure that also then with the active PAL, uh multiple times uh, over the course of the study.
0: Yeah, sounds like a like a very interesting study. So many many nice nice studies going on. Uh, do you have anything else you would like to discuss in this episode?
1: No, I think yeah I've touched upon the 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 ongoing ongoing work and um, yeah I I think. Uh, I wanted to to add that I think the way you're making this post- podcast and uh, is really appreciated by uh, by physical activity researchers like myself uh, to listen to 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 exchange ideas in a way also so uh, that that is very nice and it was really nice to be a, to be a guest one time.
0: Yeah, thanks. That's that's really nice to hear. Would you have any any suggestions? We are. We are thinking of different kind of series, different kind of topics. Do you see anything that we could we could start discussing, something that would maybe need need to be paid attention, would need discussion? Is there any, any suggestions for the podcast?
1: Oy, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> didn't give that some thought <laughs> beforehand. Um yeah. it's a good question, but I don't immediately have an idea for that. But uh, I'll, I'll, I will think of it, and I will, um, I will let you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Thanks. So, thanks, Anne Marie. It was really nice, nice discussing with, with you, with your nice studies. And so, thanks for taking the time for this podcast.
1: The pleasure was all mine. Thank you very much